This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. after the first 15 minutes when it's a little bit frantic I thought the strikers came off into good areas and all of a sudden we got turned and, uh, and created a little bit I thought the back three again looked quite solid the only problems we had was when we made mistakes giving silly little back passes or not clearing the ball when we should Things are slowly starting to take shape as Mansfield Town ticked off their first two pre-season outings but as you can tell from Nigel Clough's comments a 6-0 win at Retford and a 1-0 win at Matlock is merely a case of going through the motions. Tonight, as the Stags move into Phase 2 of their pre-season, we'll share our thoughts on what we've seen so far from both old faces and new, as the three new boys in Scott Flinders, Hiram Botang and Will Swan all impress. We'll also return our attention to what the squad is missing as another tick box is filled following the fourth summer arrival on Tuesday evening, an experienced and highly rated shot stopper in Christy Pym, who's arrived on a season-long loan from Peterborough United and is eager to get the gloves on. Very happy to get it done. It took a lot of time to get done in the end. I knew about the interest from quite early after the season finished, so you know I was sort of itching to get here and it just took a little bit of time, which was frustrating, but I'm just you know happy to be here now and can't wait to get started. That's a good club. I mean, I played here back end of last season when I was on loan at Stevenage and you know, good atmosphere, great crowd. Another setup, setup's good, good manager, good squad, and you know, hopefully this year we can go one step further. I like the bought my feet, comfortable with my feet, good shot stop and calm, I would say is probably my biggest thing. I like to think that I give a nice calm and influence to the team which I think is very important for a goalkeeper. Plus as always we'll take your opinions, your comments and your questions on all things Mansfield Town in the live feed as we continue to test the water ahead of the League 2 curtain call in just a few weeks time. This is the show for the fans by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Pre-season is well underway. Season ticket sales are going relatively well too, with yet more people buying and securing their seats for the 2022-23 campaign. So what better way to keep that Stags discussion going by joining us on a Thursday night or whatever time it is if you listen to the audio version of this and talking all things Mansfield Town. As always, I've got a range of people joining me to help with that discussion. So let's find out who tonight's gaggle of Stags talkers are. It's the man who somehow last week had the worst internet out of all of us. It's Mr Clive Parking. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Craig. I've put a shilling in the meter. We should be all right. Absolutely. Another man who can be described only as a sheer legend, uh, a really nice guy and also quite literally the dog's dinner. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. How are you? Good evening, Craig. Very well, thank you. And good evening, everybody. How's the uh, the dog bite doing? Are you, are you fully secured yet or are you still leaning the old against the lamppost? <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've been a walk on my lead tonight, so I'm fine. Bruising's Absolutely. coming out now, so we should be okay. 
There we go. And the man who's, uh, for some reason, managed to make it two weeks uh, in a row, but did message me about two minutes ago to say, having internet problems, so he might drop out. But I can see him on screen. Let's see if he can actually hear us. It's Cam Felton. Good evening. <laughs> no, he's, he, he can hear us. I can see him, but he can't hear us. But there you go. So uh, we may uh, hear from him later on. Maybe, maybe not. We'll drop him out for now and see what happens. Although on my screen, I can see he's got like one bar of internet. So that might be why. Uh, usually we might have Nathan Edge with us as well, but he's not popped up again. Last week, he said he was having car trouble. Um, this week, I've got no idea. He's, he's probably just forgot. Let's be honest. Uh, but we're here. And uh, as always, it's not just about us three, four, however many managed to turn up uh, having a conversation. It is about you guys as well. So if you want to have your say on your team, come and get involved in the comments and uh, have your say. We've got plenty to talk about tonight, including two pre-season friendlies and two victories uh, as well. Uh, We've also got um, new signings to talk about as well. Uh, Christy Pym signing on loan from Peterborough for the season and much, much more in between. Cam's just gone back to green on my screen, so I'm going to give it one last shot. Uh, Is he there? Hello. I don't know know what you've done, but you've killed it. I can't hear you. All I can hear is a load of... uh, load of... I don't know what you've done. So uh, we'll leave you for now. Thanks, Cam. We'll catch up with you later on if we can. I might <laughs> ring you in a minute. I might ring you and get you on the old uh, mobile blower and uh, see what happens. Cam, if you can hear me and you hear your phone ringing, it's me. Answer the call. But we'll see about that in a second. Uh, right, Alan, let's delve, delve straight into it. Two preseason games down, two preseason victories as well. What have you made of uh, everything so far? Good hard work in performances. I couldn't get to Retford because I got a previous engagement, but I was at Matlock with yourself on Tuesday night and Clive and the rest of the gang. And uh, it was uh, quite pleasing what I saw. They gave us a very good uh, physical workout, shall we say. And I was very impressed with two players, with Botang and uh, Flinders especially. Flinders made two excellent saves. Yeah, he certainly did and really helped to uh, invigorate things and get things uh, moving on, Clive. You've obviously seen both of, of those uh, friendly games. What have you made of uh, what have you made of uh, the two friendlies uh, so far? Well, the first one at Ratford was just a bit of a gentle warm-up, in my opinion. We, we, we were never going to get fully tested by a team playing at their level. Having said that, I thought Boateng had an excellent game when he was on. And then what's the loanee from Forest Gold? I've forgotten his name. Will Swan. Swan. Will Swan impressed me in that game, but there again, the opposition probably gave him more space than he's going to get have to get used to in League Two. But I'm with Matt, I'm with uh, Alan on this. The Matlock game was a, a proper test, and they were uh, they weren't giving anything away, and the one nil uh, scoreline reflected that. In fact, they could have scored. I mean, they had a, a decent shot that only just missed the post. So we, it's nice to win at Matlock, I have to say. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, we did didn't put that on our uh, on our bingo for the uh, for the season, but uh, it, uh, it that one's definitely not being uh, ticked off a defeat uh, at Matlock. Uh, let's read uh, some of the comments. Let's have a little look at what people are saying so far. As always, come and have your say on your team and uh, and get involved. Uh, Chris says, uh, "Evening, chaps. Thank God for Mansfield matters. I'm on night tonight. Hope you guys uh, will be you hours." Uh, couldn't fault the uh, picnic tables at the side of the pitch at Retford on Saturday uh, and a few beers as well. Just right and a great result, says Paul. Yeah, it was a real good thing. And that's the great thing, isn't it, about uh, pre-season, Clive? It's that thing of going to these non-league grounds, the community spirit, being able to walk around the pitch, have different viewpoints of the game and soak up the summer sunshine. Yeah, Retford was lovely and the, the weather was uh, delightful. Uh, one of the best cheeseburgers I've had anywhere. And uh, people around me in the crowd were, were all on top form, except some idiot that was smoking. But the, <laughs> um, the, the other thing was that uh, the Radfords were there and, and John essentially gave the fans a lot of his time. Yeah, he certainly did. Well, I'm hoping to have Cam on the phone now. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can, I can hear you. I don't know what's happening with your internet, my friend, but I think you, you've, you've obviously got some hamsters or something in the wheel. I have no idea. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, we won't keep you for too long. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll give you this excuse of you know moving house and what have you. So we'll keep you on the line for a second. What have you made of the the first two preseason friendlies? Uh, decent. I think 
it's it's always a difficult one to judge uh, with Retford by the virtue that it's very much just see how many goals we can score. I don't really see the benefit other than getting minutes into the bodies. Uh, Matlock's a bit more of an interesting one. That always ends up being a test and um, yeah, quite obviously Clough does enjoy going to Retford because, uh, not Retford, he quite enjoys going to Matlock because he always gets a good test of out of his teams regardless of who it is. He gets a, a, a good 90 minutes out of them. So, I mean, obviously the big test will be over the next week or so, obviously um, playing Rotherham on, on Saturday and then Sheffield United next week, Halifax the week after. The team's more in the position of we need to be putting good performances in. I mean, Sheffield United and Rotherham may be a bit of a stretch. They're two divisions higher than us, but definitely against Halifax, they're only obviously one division below. That's it. So, that's certainly why I'm calling uh, pre-seasons part one and part two. We'll come on to that in uh, in a little bit. We're going to leave you on the line for for a little while, but we'll 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 come to you uh, as and when. We'll give you a shout. So don't nod off too much, whatever you do. Okay, I'm going to watch cricket then. Oh, please put it on <laughs> mute. Nobody needs to hear that. Uh, uh, Clive, I'm going to come back to you, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about those pre-season games. Uh, I said there about part one and part two of pre-season. I'll explain my rationale for that as well. If you've got any comments or questions about that or about anything we talk about tonight, by the way, if you're watching at home, make sure you get it in the comments and get involved. Um, what were you particularly looking for in those first two pre-season games, Clive? Essentially, my um, my judgment starts in front of the goalkeeper, in other words, the back line. And so the first thing that's registered with me is that we've tried three at the back twice now and they seem comfortable with it. And if they're, if they're players that we believe are best in that, then those positions are available. In other words, they're not injured. I'd gladly see us tackle every game with us with three at the back because essentially it's five at the back when it has to be anyway. Um, and we've got the speed on the flanks from those players that can turn it defence into attack fairly quickly. So I, I believe, and I've, I've said it for a while, that that's the best way forward. And uh, we've struggled up for most of last season trying to find the formation of the back line. And um, hopefully we're getting there now. I still have a huge reservation about our tall lad who we recruited as a striker and then he had no choice but to be a defender all season. <laughs> he was probably the worst player on the park at Matlock. He... Uh, he passed to them twice. He uh, he um, he made life difficult for his goalkeeper. Perhaps that was difficult. That was deliberate to try and test his keeper. I don't know, but we can do without that in the league games coming forward. And if he plays if he plays to that standard, he won't keep his place. Alan, what have you made of uh, of that? We're talking particularly about systems. You know, Nigel Clough used the first two games to try out a three at the back. You saw it in action on, on Tuesday night. What do you make of it? Because for me. Um, I think it's all about getting the right personnel in those areas. Yeah, and I think that's the crux of the matter, personally, Craig. I think it's definitely getting the right players in the right positions. I personally would like to see Hawkins up front, where I think he can do most damage. But I'm slightly disagreeing with Clive. He made two back passes and he did two fantastic tackles when Macca and I forget who the other, it might have been Quinny, did two back passes as well, you know, before Flinders had to save the uh, shots. But uh, I thought other than that, he had a good game. When he's in the air, I don't think there's anybody to rival him at all. But it's on the ground where he has his problems. And I think that's why we need to put him up front so, you know, he can use his aerial power to uh, more use. You know, when you've got two people such as Boateng now who can uh, inch past a ball, which he did for uh, uh, which he did for Quinn at Retford, and I just think his ability to pass the ball will serve uh, Mansell Town well. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about Hiram Boateng uh, later on and, and sort of uh, what we've been impressed with uh, as well. Uh, as always, let us know your thoughts uh, on him and uh, um, and everything as well so uh yeah we certainly want to uh, hear your your thoughts as well um it's uh cam's lost his signal uh, on his on his phone and nathan said he forgot about the podcast so i think we need to get a, put a, a phone call in now to nathan edge don't we an issue in with uh 
a yellow card. What do you think, gentlemen? He's missed the first yeah. two shows of the uh, of the series, hasn't he? That's absolutely shocking. We need to, we've we've got to dish out some punishment here. And we've just lost Clive as well. I think he's coming back. I think he's move, he's moving his. Uh, System around, so oh. we'll catch up with him in a minute. But I'm gonna, it's all We're going wrong, isn't it? I think this is clear... We must have, I think this is a clear indication, um, that the Mansfield Masters podcast has run its course, and we now must, uh, we must end it, and uh, we should just never do it again. <laughs> what, what do you think? What do no, you think, I Alan? Think we'll have a few people that would be upset about that. You think, well, Nathan Edge, I am just about well, we to phone. We can, we can talk all night. I'm going to put the phone call into Nathan Edge and see if he answers the phone now. Let's, uh, let's uh, see what yeah. happens. But he doesn't answer. But anyone who doesn't answer. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, dear. I don't think he's going to answer, is he? As always, get involved in the comments and have your say on your team if you wish to do so. It's gone to a Hello. Sorry, we can't Right, I'm leaving him a right message. Now. Please leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Please leave your message after the tone. To record your message again, press hash at any time. Good evening, Mr. Edge. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast calling, issuing you, issuing you with a verbal warning for missing two podcasts. All right, one of which you probably couldn't help, but this one you definitely were told about well in advance. Um, so we are issuing you with a verbal warning. One more will result in a yellow card. Uh, another one will result in a red card, which is essentially Cam Felton living in your house uh, for at least a week. Uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. Give us a call back if you, uh, you get this message and you would like to make a public apology to all things Mansfield Matters. Good night. Uh, and Clive's back with us now as well. Clive, are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, I'm back. Thank you. Jolly, jolly good as well. There we go. Everything's going wrong. Right, let's delve into some more Stags-related chat, shall we? Um, Nathan says, Evening, lads. Impressed with Boateng, Flinders and Swan from what I see so far. Um, absolutely. And Chris says, Breaking news. Putin in cyber attacks on UK's number one football podcast. Oh, I didn't realise that. Uh, under the cost well, of broadcasting yeah. live tonight as well. There you go, but much appreciated. Right, where were we? We were talking about systems, weren't we? I'm going to give my views on it. Um, three at the back, um, Clive, for me, definitely re revolves around having the right system in place. Um, I'm not entirely convinced with the three, with with the way we with the three in pre-season. I would, I'd be interested to see how it fares against stronger opposition. But what Nigel Clough's got is a real quandary. He's not got a lot more time to test it out because, you know, we've, we've got to prepare for, for Salford, uh, Salford away and uh, on the first game of the season, which is only, what, a couple of weeks away now as well. So it's at what point do you gamble? For me, it's a good system if we get the right back three and those undoubtedly are Hewitt, O'Toole and Perch. The problem you've got is that Hewitt unlikely to feature against Rotherham on Saturday. He's been out for the early part of the pre-season, so he won't have had as much minutes. Um, you know, James Perch, similar, although he he got some minutes on, on Tuesday and will likely get 90 on Saturday. And then it's, you know, getting the right partner for, for O'Toole and Perch. I personally feel that Hewitt, O'Toole and Perch will complement each other well. Other combinations, I'm not so convinced on. I think there's too many errors in there. Alan, Mr Hawkins. Yeah, yeah. It's... I'm gonna say, I, I'll go, Clive. Sorry. No, no, sorry. I, I was talking to myself. <laughs> now, I just think Hawkins on the on the floor. You know how uh, Port Vale uh, sort of worked it out on uh, Wembley pitch, and they played down the side. What will stop other teams doing that? Particularly, I, I mean, I'm not sounding them out personally, but I just think he, you know, now he had a bad game. And it obviously got sent off, but uh, I think he's more used to Mansfield Town up front. And if we can sort the defence out, if this chap from Forest comes and he looks decent and he helps, you know, it works out well. Well, all well and good because then we've got the forward line of Swan Oates. We've got uh, the big lad from the back, Hawkins. We've got quite a number to choose from, which can only be a good thing. 
What about um, it, the positions elsewhere, Clive? As Melvin says in the comments, Gordon playing, then three at the back is okay. Oates and Swan up front, uh, that's the way forward. Hiram, quality in midfield. I think a lot of it perhaps does hinge on the availability of Kel Gordon, because if he doesn't play right wing back, you're probably looking at Lucas Aikens there, who, yes, can do a job in that position. And we did see it on a, number, a couple of occasions last season. Bowery can go there as well, perhaps Lapsley, but they're not natural right wing back players. And Kel Gordon's got natural pace and natural flair to attack in that position. Maybe if we are looking to bring one more defender in, perhaps that's the area to do it. Someone that can play out and out right back or push forward as a right wing back. Yeah, I mean, the question is still out. The jury's still out on Cal Gordon. We've just not seen anything of him, have we, for, for such a long time. And so far, the pre-season's not proving a great deal. Um, he got a bit of a knock. Let's see if he recovers well enough from that as well in time for for the weekend fixture. But um, I'd like to see him do well because he is that ingredient we were lacking for most of last season. And it certainly gives Clough that opportunity to reshape the back line along the lines we've been discussing. But failing that, we have got decent players in all areas now. And I think I don't want to be sound nasty about uh, any particular player, but the weakest link is the guy that's playing out of position always. And, and I think, and with Alan, he should, be, he should be a striker. That's what he was recruited for. And we've really seen nothing of him as a striker. Um, and therefore, I think he ought to be given as much time to prove he can be a successful striker for the Stags as possible. Having said that, I don't disagree with the idea of the other two lads taking the, the strike force. And then you can bring the tall lad up for, for, for set pieces and corners and things. But there it's again, you don't have somebody on the field just to do that. He's got to be good at the job he's doing. Yeah, it's um, a pos positive quandary to have, isn't it, though? Because it is. Because you know, we, we, we're finding more positives about it than negatives. Well, just compare where we were, you know, 10 games in last season, where we're desperately short of everybody on the back. Mm. And... Uh, and we, we, we have now options, which we didn't have at all. So I'm not at all pessimistic about it. Um, it's nice to have the talent, even if you have to put them on the bench. Yeah, I was looking at this earlier on, sort of uh, taking a little look at uh, what my team would be in a 3-5-2 formation if everybody was available, fit, you know, not suspended, etc., etc. Just put it up on, on screen now. So if you listen to the audio version of it, I'll run through uh, what it is. Uh, I've placed Pim in goal. We'll talk more about Christy Pim and his arrival shortly. Um, he's definitely come here to be to be number one, judging by the comments. Uh, back three, like I said, of Hewitt, O'Toole and Perch. Uh, Gordon on the right-hand side, McLaughlin on the left-hand side. Uh, a midfield three holding of Maris, Boateng and Quinn with Swan and Oates up front. Now, you'll notice on screen that I've put... Uh, Maris, Boateng and Quinn all in amber. That's because they won't be firm in their positions. They won't be locked in, in that particular um, position. I put a little bit of a shaded box on screen, which you can see one of them will go and sit in that area and provide a link to the front two and sort of uh, work into that space whilst the other two will, will sit deep and allow the, the fullbacks to, to push on. What I've also done outside of my preferred 11, Alan, uh, is have a little look at the, what I call adaptable players to fit into the 3-5-2. So they're obviously names that are missing uh, from here. Those are more names that will that can only sort of play in one set uh, position, talking more the likes of uh, Ollie Clark uh, and a few others uh, in there as well. Uh, obviously, you've got Hawkins, who doesn't make my starting 11, uh, who can play centre-back or up front. Aikens, who can play either wing-back or, or up top or anywhere on the, in that to outfield position to be fair uh, Bowery who looks you know solid at left wing back at times and uh, up top as well Kieran Wallace another option at left wing back or in that central midfield uh, position and then young Jason Law who can sort of operate in, in that box in that centre attacking mid midfield role or the left wing back uh, role looking at it on, on paper Alan you know we have got the adaptable players uh, to fill it and uh, it's just a question of if this 11 or or if the personnel are fit. But I really think that this year we shouldn't really read too much into the way that Nigel Clough has tested it. I think he's literally just having a look at, at, at the options he's got available to him. Until until he's fully fit or, you know, if he proves his fitness, I would take, I'm going to be very controversial here, I would take Gordon out and I would put Hewitt right back 
if he's you know if these players are fully fit that is and I'd, I'd drop either Ollie Clark or George Lapsley in the midfield personally in my own personal reason is because I think uh, 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 Kellen, Kellen Gordon's very good at going forward, but I don't think he's a hundred percent at defending. He's proved that last year two or three times. But uh, you know, I, I'm willing to be uh, overall overruled by it. But I think I would sooner see either Clark. So I thought Clark when he came on on Tuesday night, if he'd have had you know like a full half, I think he'd have been man at match the way he played and his surging runs forward. And I think that's what we could do with. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of options in there. And let's move on to, to, to that, Clive. You know, um, Alan mentioned Ollie Clark there. Um, he's likely to get 90 minutes under his belt on Saturday against Rotherham United, as is George Lapsley and a few others that perhaps haven't had the, the game time as yet in pre-season, perhaps out with Knox and Niggles, James Perch, um, another one. I feel like this is a huge opportunity for both Ollie Clark and for, for George Lapsley because... Obviously, Ollie Clark missed the, the latter end of last season through injury. Um, George Lapsley seemed to, to, to fade off after a while and wasn't involved as much as what we thought he would be. Perhaps that's because of Matty Longstaff's loan, sort of, uh, you know, him needing to be guaranteed game time, etc., etc. But both really need to, to step up because Heron Botang's come in. George Maris has played well so far in pre-season. Stephen Quinn is, is Stephen Quinn. And so far, you know the likes of, of Lapsley and, and Clark, who was supposed to be the, the club captain, don't really get a look in. And the way Kieran Wallace finished last season as well, I think if he was fully fit and available this pre-season, I think that may have knocked Ollie Clark down the pecking order even further. Yeah, you're right. He has a short period of time to prove himself because there's plenty of talent. We've got plenty of midfield players. He did play well when he came on. Um, did he start on... On uh, yeah. on Tuesday. No, no, no. He came, he came he on when he was on. He was quite impressive, and you're right. He, he did some surging runs, which were uh, welcome because we were a bit static at the time. He came on and drove things forward. Lapsley, I can't believe we've not got Lapsley back to the sort of form he had at the beginning of the last season. And in fact, at the end of the previous season, I know he had an injury, but he's certainly been displaced by various things that have happened at the club. Not nobody's fault. And you're right, I think uh, Matty Longstaff was partly the problem. He couldn't get, uh, I've got to say it, minutes in his tank. The, uh, the, the reality is that uh, when you've got seven or eight midfield players on your, on your books, they've got to fight for their position. And all they can expect from the club is time to prove that. So this is the time he has to show himself. As for uh, Boateng, I think he just slips in where Murphy's got uh, Mer the space Murphy left behind. I think that's less of an, a problem for the others. But I'm a big fan of Maris. I know Alan is a big fan of Maris. I'd love to see oh. Maris play. I think he's the strongest midfield, defensive midfielder we've got. And likewise, I think Boateng should spearhead the attacking part of the midfield. In other words, if we were going to a diamond, he'd be the man behind the strikers. Um, so we've all sorts of there's all sorts of options there, um, and I'm not skilled enough to say which is the right ones. I think we just have to look on in, in, with interest for the next couple of games. Yeah, it certainly is nice to uh, nice to think about and nice to have that uh, that bit of a, a quandary, isn't it? And, and those discussions, there's definitely a fluidity in there, which is certainly uh, proving strong. I like, really like the look of Boateng so far, and as uh, Clive said, Alan, he has sort of taken the, the place in the squad of. Uh, Jamie Murphy, I think he probably ticks the 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 box of, you know, the the place of um, of Longstaff as well. He sort of comes, you know, as a two in one type player, drives forward, and what I've really been impressed with, and he won't he won't get too much of a mention because for for whatever reason he, he's still the full guy at the club. The link up down that right hand side between uh, Boateng and Lucas Aikins has been really really good. It was phenomenal, uh, phenomenal on Tuesday night, wasn't it? I just think his uh, me and you were talking, if you remember, about his left foot, and I was he saying, uses, you know, well, he uses his right, right foot for standing on. He's <laughs> his right having a left foot, but it's got to be quality, and his is certainly uses quality because the the passes that he seems to see that you know probably nobody else would. You know, he always seems to find a spare man. And like you said, with Aikins going down the right-hand side, they really did look formidable. And I mean, if them two could get together, you know, and work some sort of partnership, I think they'd take some moving. 
Yeah, I, I do as well. And, you know, you spoke about, um, you know, being able to pick a pass there. I completely forgot about uh, another player who, when uh, we were talking about who Boateng essentially comes in to, to replace. Well, his movement, um, you know, off on and off the ball replaces J- that of Jamie Murphy, his pace. Um, you know, he, he's, he's p- commanding central position essentially replaces um, that of Matty Longstaff, but also the ability to pick a pass and see a pass, which nobody else sees, replaces Ryan Sturk. So essentially we've, we've, we've swatched out three players for one <laughs> yeah. Clive in what is uh, already a, a, an overcharged midfield area. He should get more pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he, he ends up stumbling across the Mansfield Matters podcast, he may clip out that bit and take it to uh, to his agent. But, uh, but, it, but we'll... he, is pre- he is predominantly left-footed and there are, there are going to be times when you'd wish he'd got a right foot as well. Um, because I think, you know, once, people, once, once his opponents realise he's one-footed, they know how to play him into positions where he's less dangerous. But he looks skillful on the ball. He seems to have find himself time. And that's what you get with a quality player. You get time. And I think that's, you know, in League Two, they don't give you time. You have to find it. And that's uh, that's one of the things that I thought the the, um, the Forest lad uh, was, was able to do at Redford, although it's, it's not the right level of football to judge that on. And and for all of the fans' criticism he got last year, we, we, we had a player that could find space. Um, and he was criticised for not scoring that many goals. But in actual fact, he created an awful lot of opportunity in finding the space he did. And, uh, you know, I think you're right. If they work together well, that could could make the difference to our team. Chris in the comments says, I'm excited by the signings we've made, but I would like to see a couple more, particularly defensively. I feel we're a bit short in quality cover back there, especially if we're playing three at the back. Yeah, I know Nigel Clough is still looking for that uh, uh, one defender, which was supposed to be a young defender coming in on loan. I uh, believe it was uh, rumoured to be Riley Harbottle also from Nottingham Forest, but he went with the Reds on their pre-season tour, hence why he's been a- unable to join us as yet. Whether that will change and there will be some- someone else uh, or not, depending on timings, who knows. But um, it-, it looks likely that he could be joining the Stags uh, in the coming weeks. But um, yeah, we definitely need one more back there, which will uh, free up a little bit more fluidity there as well. Uh, I'm going to come back to talking about the, the two friendlies, Alan, um, before we hear from Nigel Clough, because that's exactly what Clough talks about. So, uh, you know, we look at the results on paper. And, you know, you see a 6-0 at Retford. Um, you also see a, um, a 1-0 away at, um, at, at Matlock. And, you know, people may get carried away because it's it's two wins or whatever but um in reality you know you'd expect to win both games but matlock a real real tough test and you can see exactly why nigel clough uh, sends his uh, his side there i think it's the right sort of game to play as well because isn't uh retford you know just talking to retford for a little bit aren't they one of our feeder clubs as well you know yeah, we look after retford as well don't we you know with john and uh or the, the one-call insurance stuff. And I do believe that uh, when we played Matlock, you know, it's horses for courses, isn't it? It's mm. the work rate that he's looking for. Different positions, you know, like you said, three at the back. And it's just tentative stuff, you know, to get people playing where he thinks they ought to play, just to see if they can, you know, play in those positions. And like, you know, when it can change people after 45 minutes, it's just ideal. And it's just a step up each time, isn't it? You know, we had the Retford. And no disrespect to Retford. Then we had the Matlock. And now we've got we've had a big jump to I mean we could have done with a League One, really, I suppose. And then we've got a big jump now to uh, uh, Rotherham. Well, but I suppose technically you could say Rotherham and League One because they were promoted from well, yeah. last year, but but it's yeah, a good test for them, isn't it? And that's the idea of it. You know, like you said, it, it it's not important the score, but if you can get to winning mentality, it goes a long way. Yeah, it certainly does. Well, I think it's high time we heard from Stags boss Nigel Clough, who was speaking to I Follow Stags after that Matlock game on uh, Tuesday night. We're going to hear two parts from Clough uh, edited into one. In the first part, he talks all about the two friendlies that we've had so far, particularly the, the Matlock game. And in the second part, he talks about the latest addition to the club, goalkeeper Christy Pym, who arrived on loan from Peterborough United uh, just before kickoff. 
at Matlock. We'll talk, be talking a little bit more about him after we've heard from Nigel Clough. You're listening to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. If you want to get involved on the live feed, do so in the comments now. We've been here for about 15 years and we've never had an easy game, you know. That's why we come, because it's a good, honest, competitive game, beautiful surroundings and ideal for this stage of the preparation. I thought uh, once after the first 15 minutes, when it's a little bit frantic, I thought the strikers came off into good areas and all of a sudden we got turned and, uh, and created a little bit. I thought the back three again looked quite solid. The only problems we had was when we made mistakes, giving silly little back passes or not clearing the ball when we should. Uh, and apart from that, the opposition, you know, have struggled to, to create chances against us, which is a good sign. Few have had to play 90 minutes because of the injuries, which isn't ideal at this stage. We'd rather it happen on Saturday. Uh, but Lucas and Jordan won't do them any harm, and, uh, and JJ, I think they were the main three. But uh, I thought Will Swan played well tonight. I thought he was unlucky not to get a goal. Interesting seeing him up front with Oatsy. Uh, and we'll have a look at probably another different pairing on Saturday. Ollie Clark and Laps were the main ones that just missed out tonight, uh, so they need to get some game time under the belt. But we've got, uh, you know, we've got four games next week uh, with the Sheffield United, Halifax, and uh, and Oldham, so it'll be a good time for everybody, everybody to get some minutes, uh, and we'll keep looking at things as well while we're doing that. 27 years old, good experience. Uh, League One, bit of the Championship. League Two, uh, just a, a good, solid goalkeeper. You know, uh, he's not one of these who's six foot four or five, uh, but he's very good technically. Good hands, good distribution, uh, and he's been at pretty much at the top of our list uh, since since we couldn't you know get Nathan Bishop for another season. So I think we're delighted with the, the two goalkeepers we've brought in and to work with young Owen Mason as well, who'll uh, be the third choice and probably go out and loan. Christie's come in to play, uh, so we'll have a look at him on Saturday uh, and, and see how he is. But uh, it's like any other position. Yes, we can start with the number one in mind, but uh, depending on form and that sort of things, uh, it's, it's not a guaranteed uh, to keep your place. So uh, if he comes in and does well, he'll keep his place. You know, we did bring Scott really in, you know, to challenge whoever we brought in. Uh, but I think he's done well enough in pre-season to suggest he can have the number one shirt if we needed it. That's Stags boss Nigel Clough there. Stags boss Nigel Clough there speaking to I Follow Stags after that Matlock game. You can see more from Nigel on I Follow Stags, mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow, where there's also interviews with uh, Will Swan, who of course arrived on loan from Nottingham Forest prior to the Retford game. We'll talk about him in a moment or so. And with new goalkeeper Christy Pym, who uh, Clough was talking a little bit more uh, about there. Clive, um, you know, we were speaking a lot about goalkeepers and getting the right addition in. Um, I think as soon as Christy Pym was rumoured with us, you know, a, a few weeks ago, we said in the group chat, didn't we, that if we could get him, that would be a very, very good signing. And uh, and we've got our man, albeit on loan, but we've got our man. Yeah, excellent acquisition. I'd have preferred we got him on a, a site on a permanent contract, but I'm guessing that uh, Peterborough wanted more than we were prepared to pay to take him on. But uh, the fact they've allowed him to come to us on a season-long loan is is good enough at this point. And uh, I think he'll be the, the he will be the first choice keeper. Although you know Scott Flinders has got masses of experience. Yeah, it's a good one to, to bounce off is Scott Flinders. It, it it works really really well. And I think judging by the comments made by uh, Pim Allen, uh, it, it looked like a, a deal that was, uh, and by Clough as well. Incidentally, it looked like a deal that was that Nigel Clough and, and Christy Pym, the independent parties, wanted to do relatively early but for whatever reason probably like Clive mentioned to be fair Peterborough and Barry Fry wanted an extra pound here or there um, it, it was delayed but um, it, it's over the line and I don't think there's any doubt that he will be number one with Scott Flinders an excellent backup really really pushing him having performed uh, well so far he has he's performed uh, really well and you know for we'll see what uh, Pim can do on Saturday but when you think back whenever you've watched Mansoud and Exeter in my opinion, the two people you come away talking about would be Pim and Boateng. You know, they, they were the two people that stood out for me, and we've got them both now. And if they can perform anything like they used to, or, you know, they have done in the past, especially with Boateng being on a three-year contract, it only bodes well for the Stags, I'm sure. Yeah, and as a goalkeeper as, as well, Clive, that what, what he brings in, he just gives me that extra little bit of confidence. Don't get me wrong, I, I love Nathan Bishop. I thought he was a fantastic shot stopper. We were very, very fortunate to have him. No doubt he will be playing at League One next year, maybe even a, a championship side as number two. Not, you know, 
Uh, Manchester United would be keen to see him develop. But we knew quite early that door was going to be slammed shut. And one thing we sort of said towards the back end of last season was that in key moments in games, what we wanted for our back line, especially in, in the big ones, was that little bit of extra experience, that little bit of extra age. And, you know, Christy Pym has been there and done it. He's a good shot stopper. He's got promotions under his belt. He's got playoff charges under his belt too. He just gives us that little bit of extra assuredness. And uh, and also having him there it will be great for Owen Mason. Yeah, and... and um... The lad, when he's played against the Stags, has always had a cracking game as well. So let's hope he can perform for us the way he's performed against us in the past. The only niggle um, and bit of doubt I have, Alan, is um, the history of of Pym at uh, Peterborough. There was a, a fallout there between him and Darren Ferguson. Now, obviously, we don't know all of the yeah. uh, the, the ins and outs, but it was fairly obvious from, from what Pym said and what worries me and this worries me in any position really uh, in terms of you know attitude or, or whatever that he's coming and expecting to be number one and what happens if he doesn't get there we need to make sure that he is focused and, and that that balance is is well struck I don't think there will be an issue I think you know he, he's come here to play, but there's always that little bit of niggling doubt in the back of your mind. We need to get him settled because he's obviously had a couple of years of uh, of turbulence. We need to get him settled. Well, I think Clough will do that. I think he's the ideal manager to look after him and, you know, to uh, get ready for the bell, galvanise him into uh, oh, I don't have it. playing it? really well. I haven't got it. I don't oh, know where it mind. is. Never mind. But uh, also, did you say on uh, one of the social media outlets that Alan Marriott says quality signing? Oh, did he? I'd, yeah. I'd not, I'd Alan, not seen yeah, that. Yeah, Mazza said that he liked that signing. He was straight on. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So, uh, this, it's not just us, is it? You know, people do remember names and, you know, they watch people. And coming from somebody like Alan Marriott, like I said in the comments that he made, if he's half as good as Mazza, we'll have a very good signing. By the way, if anyone's got a phone number for Alan Marriott, or if Alan Marriott ends up stumbling across this podcast by some way, shape, or form, get in touch because we'd love to book you as a as a guest for Stag Stories Live, especially in ten years this season since we, uh, you know, won the uh, won the conference. So anyway, back to uh, the here and now. Another addition was made prior to the Retford game, Clive. We saw him uh, uh, play well in that game. We saw him play relatively well with Reese Oates um, on Tuesday at Matlock as well. That is youngster Will Swan on loan, a season-long loan from Nottingham Forest. Very similar player to the research. And it's what we've been missing, is it? Two players to run, to get into spaces, to read a pass. And he's fitted in quite well early doors. Yeah, we've not seen much of him yet. But what we've seen has been quite impressive. I mean, the, the lad's got a, got a pace about him and he's got vision. He's, he's finding uh, that space behind the defender to cause an awful lot of damage. And that's what we need. We haven't had that for a while now and uh, uh, let's hope it, it um, he works well alongside Oaksy because Oaksy has been very much left on his own for too long. Um, I'd love to see those two make a good pairing but we'll have to wait and see but it's it's the right sort it's the right sort of candidate for this season. He's got good experience at a higher level. He uh, His enthusiasm is matched also with the fact that he's a Mansfield lad which helps. And uh, I think he'll, I think he'll enjoy his time with us. And the challenge will be, I think, at the end of the season, if we want to try and sign him on proper terms. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. To be fair, the last strike we had on loan from Nottingham Forest, Alan, uh, didn't end up too badly, did it? Oh no! <laughs> now I'd take another Tyler Walker in a heartbeat, definitely. Yeah, he certainly would. Um, let's uh, move uh, on briefly. We'll look at the Rotherham game in a moment. You know, we've got a goalkeeper through the door now. We've got another striker, you know, two more additions from from the, the time we spoke this time last week. I think we just need two more now, don't we, Alan? Uh, another striker to, to, to compete. Um, maybe someone that can play, not necessarily a striker, maybe someone that can play in the 10 role, a centre-attacking midfield role in behind the front two, just to give that little bit of added competition uh, up top and then we definitely need a, a bit more cover at the back one centre half that can operate anywhere al along the back four yeah I'd agree with that because uh, you, in my, if I was a manager I'd look at the spine of the team we've just signed Pim and Flinders 
I think that's pretty settled there. You know, whoever gets the number one jersey, you know, irrespective, really. Then you've got your O'Toole. If you can get somebody at the side of O'Toole, you know, I'm not saying James Perch can't do it. It probably mm. will be, you know, especially for the start of the season as a core customer. And then you've got Boateng middle all down the spine with the uh, Oatsy up front. It look, It's looking good, but I think we do need another, you know, another defender. But this young lad from Forest might be just what we need. It might be the pace that we need for, you know, to coincide with Perch and O'Toole. Yeah, on that, somebody mentioned to me on uh, Tuesday, Clive, about George Cooper. You know, he's played well. Whenever we've seen him in pre-season, he's, he's played well or in cup games. He's been a very assured addition. He, he, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he did re-sign for Kettering on a season-long loan. He's just not joined up with yeah. them um, as yet. Um, but there's the danger, isn't it? Do you keep him around to be, you know, a spare man? Or do you send him to develop for six months and get somebody... You know, like your mate, who was, uh, you know, your player of the season last season, Clive, to, who's got a bit more experience to come for six months and, and then do a bit of a switcheroo. Look, not is an easy target to, to have a go at. I wasn't having a go. I was making a comparison. And I'm, I'm one of those people that throw these things at you. you know, I hope you're going to hit them down and you do. But going back to uh, putting the ladder out on further loan, I think it makes sense. If, he's, if he doesn't, he's going to loiter on the fringe of this team. And that's not good for him. And indirectly, it's not good for the club because we're not ensuring his value uh, grows with his experience. And at some point, we're either going to, he's either going to break into the first team or we're going to sell him. Hopefully, if we sell him, it's for a worthwhile fee. But if he's, not any, if he's, in, if he's in the in-between world of not making the squad here, not making the, the bench here, and not being sent out to another club to play, I don't know what, I don't know where that player is likely to progress with, how he's going to progress from where he is, because there's no reserve structure. I've always complained about this. If we, if there was a league for the reserves to play in, or even a much more constructive under 23s league, I'd have less anxiety about it. But at the moment, we seem to have to ship our youngsters out to play at the lower leagues. It's an interesting comment that Nigel Clough made on that, Alan, in his comments, because, you know, the Halifax game has come from nowhere. And Steve-O in the interview went, oh, is that not an under-23 game? And Clough is like, well, we don't have an under-23s of sorts. And it's an interesting one, really, because when you say under-23s and you put it on paper, you think, right, that's a squad for players who are under the age of 23. Well, actually, it's not. It's a squad. It's a squad for players who predominantly are under the age of twenty-three, making the transition from academy into men's football. But also a platform for those who aren't getting minutes, you know, regularly in the first team to make up that fitness coming back from injury, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. AKA a reserve team. And I'm bang with Clive on this one. There needs to be a structure put in place. I don't know whether there is or, or not, but there certainly was a few years ago. Bring back the reserve t- the reserve league. It's all well and good playing friendlies behind closed doors in environments that you can control, but there is that element of competitiveness which just isn't there no matter how hard you try and fake it. Everyone can spot a fake if you deep, you know, if you dig deep down into it. There has to be some level of competition. I feel where we are as an academy and where we are as a squad, which is needing everybody to be fit, to utilise the flexibility of our squad, a reserve team in a competitive, regular reserve league, fixtures maybe every, once every fortnight would be perfect. But there is not that structure there. I'm going to say, didn't I, I, I could be wrong, don't quote me on it, but I'm sure I read some somewhere, either a year or two years ago, that there was hoping to get the reserves back up and running, but there was some problem that occurred that it couldn't go that way. I don't know what it was, and I can't remember. And I, so I'm, Like I said, I might be totally wrong, but I do believe it was to do with the reserves, and for whatever reason, you know, it couldn't continue in the way it was doing. Now, whether that was funding or whatever, but I agree with both of you. It would be ideal for your George Lapsley's, for your Ollie Clark's, for your anybody who can't, uh, Jason Law. I mean, we'd have a damn good team, wouldn't we? Yeah. The problem is, I think, well, can't get in. 
I think the problem is, Alan, it's purely cost. I think it's purely finance. There's no sponsorship for a, no. uh, a reserve league. Probably so. And I don't think you could afford to have it nationwide. It would have to be very regional. So you perhaps have, uh, I don't know, smaller groups yeah. of 16 localised teams. And I think we haven't had much of a reserve structure since the Premiership came about. So maybe that's the malevolent influence in all this. But I don't believe that any club with a, a large squad benefits from not having a competitive league behind the first team. I'd agree. Uh, and then whether that's a youth-based team or a hybrid, which is almost certainly going to be at our level, or whether at the, at the bigger clubs they can actually have a proper reserve team of seasoned players and still have a, young, a younger team. I don't know. Again, I, yeah, I don't yeah. have the wisdom to, to work through that. But I, I think it, there's nothing worse than having players on your books and paying them wages and they're not getting competitive football. And that's what leads to problems within your squad as well. It's uh, it's an interesting one to uh, to look at. I'm going to move uh, away from uh, from all that now. We're going to have a little look at Rotherham in just a minute. We are running out of time tonight. If you've got uh, about five minutes to get any last comments, questions, or opinions uh, in the chat, if you wish to do so. Uh, but this week, Alan saw uh, a landmark anniversary for a true club legend. Been there ten years. Worked in pretty much every footballing job role. There is, and certainly saved us a couple of seasons ago when we got rid of uh, Graham Coughlin, the worst ever managerial appointment ever made by the club. That's no disrespect to him. It just didn't work and it never was going to work from day one. We're talking, of course, about King Cooper, Richard Cooper, 10 years at the club, club legend. And, uh, you know, a social media post on the anniversary got a lot of comments for him, but we feel that there needs to be a little bit more because he is an absolute top guy on and off the pitch and deserves the recognition. Quality gentleman on and off the pitch. I know Coops fairly well because I've met him on numerous occasions, same as his wife, Laura. And I know uh, of him. And he obviously used to play for Nottingham Forest in his days and whatever. And he's just, I think he's Mansell Town through and through. You know, he came up with Muzzer. He's done virtually every job that you can do at Phil Mill, apart from, apart from my job. But <laughs> I don't want him to do my job. But, uh, you know, he's, he's just a quality gentleman. And he, on and off the pitch, and you can't really say enough about him. You know, he did help us, and he got the confidence back when Cotlin went, before Cluffy came in. And that was desperately needed in those two games that he was manager for. And if you, you can strip that back a little bit further as well, Clive. You know, it's 10 years since he, he came to the club. Originally, as part of Paul Cox's uh, backroom staff, obviously, he, he's known Coxie for many a year and really helped within that backroom staff to establish uh, that promotion run, which we had. But also behind the scenes as well in the academy, he took over from John Dempster as academy manager and, and academy, uh, all the, the roles associated with that when Dempster became first team manager. But he's been very much involved in the transition of the youth structure from day one that he walked in. It's because of his hard work and endeavours, which is why we're able to sit here on a forum about Mansfield Town and talk about three, four, five young prospects, which we have at, at, at the club that are pushing and knocking on the first team door. You know, you've got Owen Mason, a fantastic young goalkeeper, Jason Law, who's been in and around it for, for years and he's really on the brink now of making something. George Cooper, another one. You know, you've got a couple of other lads in there that are featured in pre-season as well. You know, your likes of James Gale, Curtis Davis, Jack Deakin, a few more in there as well. And it's all down to the work tirelessly behind the scenes over the years of Richard Cooper. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out, or at least reminding ourselves, that most of the time he was developing these players, we didn't have the training academy. Um, he was having to do it at Brooksby College and other places. And, you know, now that we've got a much better uh, physical structure to, to develop the teams at, I'm sure that he, um, he will continue the good work he's done. And I think it was nice for him to be first team manager for a couple of games. He, did he have 100% success while he was doing that? Not I think they drew one, one, one and drew one, didn't they? He was undefeated. I'll, I'll stick with yeah, you. Yeah, we didn't lose. And, uh, and of course, he was he was in the right place at the time we needed a transition. And it enabled Clough to have a look at him, look at the team before having to start picking the players as well. Which, if you remember rightly, it was the first time we played Sunderland in the FA Cup. Yeah. And uh, so I think. It, I think 10 years as well, you know, is, is a good term in, in, in professional football. 
But I don't think we're seeing the end of his time at Mansfield. I think I'd like to think he's only halfway through his tenure. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it's only just the uh, beginning for him, and I'm sure there been many more successful years. But ten years is nothing, is it, Alan? Ten years. Puh. How long have you been at the club, Alan? Thirty-four. Yeah, ten years. Puh. Yeah, but Chris Hughes, uh, Chris Hughes makes a perfect point there about a testimonial. You know, mm. that would be a really uh, a fitting tribute to him. You don't see many testimonials nowadays, do you? Not nowadays. Well, nobody's at a club for 10 years, are they, they anymore no. now? They, you usually get a year. If you do more than two years, you've, you're, you've outstayed your <laughs> You're work. a legend. If you're a player and you've been there 10 years, I've usually forgotten you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, we bang up for that. Maybe a, a, a testimonial at the end of the season where we reunite some old faces from that oh. uh, title-winning side of 10 years ago and maybe a few more from the, the noughties as well. What are, you, what are you saying, Mr Wilson? Would you get your boots on for that? Oh, most definitely. I'm polishing them as we speak. <laughs> Absolutely. I also, well, think, also think it's a perfect opportunity to, opportunity to invite him to participate on National Matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to hear the stories and uh, things like that. I don't know whether it'd be uh, able to because of his, his current role within the club or not, but uh, certainly an avenue we'd love to explore in the future because there will be many stories from down those 10 years and uh, many of things we, perhaps we didn't know about or you know, perhaps he needs that uh, commendation for as well. But on behalf of, uh, I'd probably say all Stags fans, to be fair, congratulations on a fantastic 10 years, Coops. Here's to the next 10. Uh, moving swiftly on, let's talk uh, very briefly about Rotherham on Saturday, where we welcome back some old faces, Mr. Wilson, as well. Of course, Paul Warren, the Rotherham manager, brief loan stint with us. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hanshaw, sure? part of the first, first team staff, well-known, of course. And, of course, the Lord himself, Mr. Richie Barker, the assistant manager. I'm sure you'll be looking forward to catching up with those. Oh, definitely. Definitely, Richie. I didn't know where... I, I got to know Amy fairly well but uh, definitely Richie Barker he'd always stop and have a chat with you so it'd be nice to see them on Saturday definitely I think Warren is a cracking bloke anyway I think he's he's a player's manager and uh, mm. he talks sense you know there's no bull with him when, when he's interviewed he you know he doesn't dance around subjects he knows his way good player as well yeah, he certainly yeah. was. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show about it being part two of our pre-season. The reasoning for that is the opposition, the level of opposition and what Nigel Clough will be looking for. In the first two games, Alan, he would have been looking at the, the formation and whether or not his players fitted into that. I think we've, we've, we've got the answer. I think with the right personnel, it's a yes. The second part is now about um, hard work, passages of play, where people make runs and uh, how you know best we utilise certain periods of the game and how we control it. I think Rotherham will be the perfect testing ground for that. And it could be interesting with what uh, Nigel said in his interview to uh, Steve after Tuesday night's match where it could be a brand new pairing up front. Now, that could be interesting. Could it be Aikins and Barry? Could Hawkins go up there? It could be very interesting Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it could. I think it will be somebody with Oates or somebody with Swan. Uh, definitely, that that will be uh, the case. Um, Clive, finally from you, what are you wanting to see from the boys uh, on Saturday? Personally, I'm hoping to see a postponement because I can't go. <laughs> um, I'm not I, I happy. Just, I just well, you've got other responsibilities, haven't you? I. Um, I'm looking forward to the game because it should be a game where we'll see some proper football without the pressure of having to take points at the end of it. We, uh, I'd like to see a further progress based on where we've been at Matlock and I'd like to uh, see um, Lapsley get a good run out because he needs one. And from what we saw of Clark, I'd like to see him start. But uh, other than that, he'll mess, he'll mess around. Obviously, both teams will, will, will be swapping players around, I would imagine. Um, and and uh, you're right, uh, Craig, it's about passages of play and interplay and units. And, you know, we've spoken an awful lot, as we always do, about the back line as a unit. Um, the midfield is so blessed with various people. It's finding the right unit to start against Salford now. I think that's got to be uh, what's going through the gaffer's mind, is finding his Salford team. 
Yeah, and I think yeah. there will be a big thing on that this week, Alan, as well. And and that is potentially, you know, the games which you mentioned uh, within that uh, next week. Behind closed doors games with definitely Sheffield United and possibly Halifax, depending on personnel available. And then, of course, the away trip to Oldham uh, a week on Saturday to finish pre-season. A big week for, for the players this week. What are you hoping uh, to see from them? Well, hard work, endeavour. And personally, on a personal note from Saturday, the right players wearing the right numbers on the right shirts would be an absolute beauty for me because there's times many when they just don't wear numbers or they've got the wrong numbers on. You look number 15 and it's not even on the squad paper and it's just a nightmare for friendlies. So that's all I can ask. It's all right with Mansell because obviously we know them. But when it's a different team and they've got no numbers on, it's a bit of a nightmare. I've just become more annoyed at myself because I know now that on Saturday there will be something like that and I'm going to miss another Alan Wilson golden moment. (laughs) Yeah. On that, thanks for joining us. Good night. Well, that's just about all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. Thanks, as always, for getting involved in the live feed. And if you listen to the audio version of this, Thanks for listening as well. Make sure you come and join us next time when we're live to get involved with the chat and make sure you have your say on your team. If you want to know when we're going to next be live, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at MTFC Matters and turn those notifications on. As always, my thanks to all of the Manfield Matters panel. We'll see you again next week when we talk all about the Rotherham game and those behind-closed-doors friendlies as well. Sheffield United, maybe a game with Halifax there as well. It's going to be a busy old week for the Stags as they gear towards that all-important season opener at Salford in just a few weeks' time. For now, though, enjoy the rest of the sunshine and remember that there's only one thing that matters in the world and that is Mansfield. Goodbye! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.